Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day out there. Christmas is coming up. I hope you have a nice Christmas and New Year's Eve for sure. If anyone out there would like to get me something off of my Christmas wish list, the link is in the description. Be more than happy to get a hookup from you. No obligations, no. So, here we go. One of the reasons why I believe that Jesus Christ had such a struggle whenever he came to the earth was because of how God represented himself in the Old Testament. A lot of the Jews, even now, believe that the Messiah is still yet to come, and they believe that the Messiah is supposed to be some kind of warrior-like being, an entity that is supposed to come to the earth and completely wipe out all of evil and darkness and be done with all of it. Well, that's not exactly what happened with Jesus Christ, is it? Some would argue that Jesus Christ didn't behave at any way or identical to the God of the Old Testament, although Christians claim that they are one and the same entity. The God of the Old Testament wasn't so much love your enemies, do unto others, and uh, be nice to your neighbor type of attitude. The God of the Old Testament would command people to put blood on their doorways or he would slaughter their children using the angel of death to do so throughout the catacombs of Egypt. This was a God who brought famine and plague and death and destruction to anyone that even thought of worshiping other gods or false idols. So when Jesus came to the earth as this vulnerable baby, and then as being gentle and kind and loving to people and telling us that we should just all get along type of Rodney King thing, the disciples and anyone around didn't expect that type of behavior. And some people say it's so weird that Jesus Christ didn't get along in his own uh, town, that he actually got put out of it. Why would his own town become see him as a stranger and cast him out and all this? Well, it's because you had a young person who was walking around claiming to be divine, and for them that was considered extremely bad. See, according to their view, if a person walked around claiming to be a prophet and they were false, or someone was claiming to be of God and they were not, in the Old Testament, God would punish not only the person, but would also destroy everybody around them. So they kind of got put between a rock and a tight place whenever it came to Jesus, because here you got a guy who's very convincing, even when he's younger, growing up, to <laughs> this issue where uh, God of the Bible commands them to do away with people who um, may be liars and people who are screwing around. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, of course, whenever the Pharisees come along, if you've never read the Old Testament before and read about God's behavior and his attitude towards humanity, you see these Pharisees coming out and they're constantly, they're like the religious group of the time. They're saying to Jesus, hey, if you're truly what you say you are, then yada, 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 yada. They're constantly testing him. 
Now, some people look at the Sadducees and Pharisees as a bunch of terrible hypocrites who were just trying to uh, constantly set God up or Jesus Christ. But the truth is, is that there was more to the story than just simply some deceptive holy people trying to screw with the Messiah. They were trying to make sure that he was the real deal. They wanted to make sure that they weren't following along uh, some kind of false prophet because as far as they were concerned, following the wrong prophet or following the wrong person of God meant their death, their fate. Not just their, their doom on earth, but their doom in the afterlife as well. That depends on what form of Jew you're dealing with. Some Jews don't exactly believe in the afterlife the same way Christians do. But now I think that you guys are starting to get the conundrum here. You got a young girl who's uh, claiming that she's pregnant. She's telling her husband that some angels came down and that there was some kind of engagement and interaction with God, and he's doing this. That God actually put a baby inside of a woman and that this is the way it's going to be. Now this for some of these folks are extremely unusual too because at this time period, they're engaging with pagans, they're engaging with the Romans. And the pagans were very familiar with their own stories that they had where uh, gods were came to the earth and interacted with humanity and all this. So for them, it wasn't like a big shocker or something like that later on in the story when they interact with someone who's claiming to be this way. To them, they had seen many liars, many people throughout their time, and now they were sitting in Jerusalem the Romans didn't like the Jews very much because they believed that the Jews were not progressive. You see, the Romans, they'd already done many years of the whole pagan worship gods thing. They'd already come from a their own uh, area where people were worshiping every kind of cod or superstition that there was. So now you've got these people off in the desert who are saying, ah, this is the one, this is the chosen one. So that's why the Romans seem so, how shall I say, so nonchalant about the concept of Jesus Christ. Now this video isn't meant to defend the behaviors of the Pharisees or the Romans or anything like that. I'm just telling you that there's more to the story than just, you know, your black and white, good guys, bad guys, anti-hero type of deal. There was more going on. There was reasons why... Um, everything was going like it was. And one thing was for sure is that Jesus had it planned from a young age that he was going to interact and engage all these different people. And basically, if you think about it, how he interacted with them was embarrassing. He knew that they were... Um, he was an intelligent, wise young man who knew the kind of uh, tightrope they were walking, you know. <laughs> and then on top of it, if they got something wrong, he'd end up giving them a threat about how they're blind and how they're not seen and all this kind of stuff. Well, they were blinded from fear. They were blinded from their anxiety 
wondering if they were dealing with another false teacher, another false prophet, and a false this. And Jesus Christ, if he was actually God or the Son of God, then he would have had to have known all this. Now let's get to the disciples. That's a fascinating subject matter. It seems to me that before Judas allegedly betrayed Jesus Christ, Jesus would have had to known before he even chosen him or pointed his finger and said, walk with me, that this guy was one day going to do this. So all this time, Jesus is breaking bread with a guy. He's eating with a guy. He's telling them all that he loves them and he cares about them, but he knows that one of them is going to end up hanging from a tree like Tarzan from the neck. He knows this. And he also knows that Peter, the very guy that he's telling is going to be the rock that his church is built upon, is the same guy who's going to renounce him three times before he's crucified. He also knows that every one of these guys who are following him, and they're all telling each other how much they love and care about each other, these are going to be the same group of guys who are just going to stand around in the shadows while he's getting beaten, spit, and are mocked, and then crucified. So technically, if you think about it, I mean, you could argue that Jesus told them, you know, told Judas, go do what you're going to do. And he told Peter, you're going to do this, whether you like it or not. And you other disciples, you need to run. So he commanded them all to basically betray him. You know, we always look at Judas for whatever reason, because he was the one that directly went to the soldiers to say something. And he was the one that actually picked up, I believe it was dirty silver, but let's uh let's be honest here. He told Peter to go do some things as well. He told the disciples, run away. Don't protect me. Don't defend me. Don't do anything. Just go on your way. The disciples, if we were to give them a little bit of kudos and credit here, they did say, but we want to be with you, Jesus. We want to, they wanted to be there for him. And Jesus actually did say this, and a lot of Christians don't like to remember this for some reason whenever it's being talked about. And Jesus said, well, you can follow me. You can follow me all the way to the end if you want, but you'll be taken upon your own cross. We talked about this in an older video that I did where Jesus did offer them the opportunity to, that if they wanted to follow him, they were going to follow him to death. That's what would have happened. But he ended up eventually just letting them go on their way and scatter like cockroaches in order to get away from the inevitable doom that was coming. You have to understand this was very strange for the Romans as well as the Jews at this time. You've got a guy who's basically yelling at folks and telling them, you're not allowed to do this in the temple. You're not allowed to do this. He's basically, he's got no credentials to be telling the Sadducees how to be able to run things. What they were doing was wrong, though. It's something that God did not like. But the Sadducees were also kind of under a um, the rule and thumb of the uh, pagans at this time. The Romans said, this is how we want things done yada 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 if the jews were to strike against the romans then there would have been a big old bloody war out in the middle of jerusalem right then and there 
So, yeah, yeah. It's a fascinating story for this entire time. I don't think that all the way up to the point where Jesus Christ was going to get crucified, I don't think that many of the men actually believed it was ever going to happen. I think that they were all convinced at some point in time that God was going to basically rid the land of evil, that he was going to be their warrior, that their their divine knight, basically, that was going to get rid of everything, not completely envelop this concept of love and goodness and all this, because let's face it, that's Again, that's not the way the God of the Old Testament behaved. He wasn't like that. I'm not saying the God of the Old Testament never showed mercy and he never showed favor towards some people, but he was uh, he was mean. He was rough. If he didn't think that what you were doing was right and he didn't think you were going to change your ways, this was a God who was willing to drown the entire earth if that came down to be. Jesus Christ had to be extremely shocking and strange to the world. They expected a different type of divine presence, not not this loving, kind guy walking around in a robe all clean and chill, talking about, you know, how we should love and be good and all this kind of stuff. But lo and behold, if one were to open up to the book of Revelations, Jesus Christ is mentioned as being the courier of justice and destruction, that he will be the warrior that everybody expects him to be. It just so happens that that's going to happen in the afterlife between the war between celestial beings, and then will make its way to the physical realm of earth and mankind and God. So, yeah. All right. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Do you think the world betrayed Jesus Christ, or do you think that some believe that they might have been betrayed? <laughs>